Lisboa, Bruxelas, Varsóvia. Europe is us with Dino. Europe is us, but who are we? Stay with us and you'll find out. I'm Dino, a Slovenian journalist working at Euronet Plus, a radio network bringing you this podcast. Today's topic, climate crisis. Today's guest, Simona Meiler from Switzerland, a doctoral student who is a part of the weather and climate risk group at ETH Zurich. Simona, if you would present yourself in a few words, what would that sound like? So my name is Simona Meiler. I'm a PhD student at ETH Zurich and I work in the weather and climate risks group. Um, so that means that our group really focuses on bringing together the weather and climate risk aspect or so the, the natural um, phenomena that we see daily in our weather, but that we also see um, in the long term, like climate system. And we bring that together with, with the risk aspect for different socioeconomic um, factors. So just meaning that we evaluate these weather and climate phenomena um, with their impact towards society that can be just number of people affected or damage to houses or infrastructure. And my focus within this group and within this um, scope of research is that I look at tropical cyclones, so these um, big, powerful storms that are very destructive. And I look at just what happens to people and assets when they see such an event and how likely or how the impact of these events is going to change with climate change. We met at your faculty in April this year and I didn't know the following fact back then, but I've done my research now. You're also an Olympic athlete in the category of snowboarding. How impressive is that? Did you, through this career and the traveling involved in it, realize the challenges our planet is facing? Um, well, maybe not through this career, but I guess like I... so maybe a little bit more of my background. So I grew up in the Swiss Alps and I've been, I would say like in the Alps and I grew up with snowboarding. I grew up with a lot of snow and throughout my career and I just saw the effects of climate change on my hometown. So I could observe less and less snow in areas. And then for sure with traveling the world, it kind of broadened my perspective that it's not only snow melt in, in the Alps, but a variety of um, just features that are affected by climate change. So I've always had an interest in the environment and I also pursued a dual career where when I was still snowboarding professionally, I also started my studies at ETH. And for me, that was really like a great balance where I had um, the opportunity to snowboard and um, compete for Switzerland and at the same time engage my mind in something very different from sports. Um, But in a way, for me personally, those two things always went hand in hand. In our regular section, The Watchdog's Perspective, we look at different topics from the perspective of a journalist. Let's jump from my hometown Ljubljana in Slovenia to France. Today's comment was sent to us by Thomas Roche, a journalist at French EU Radio, a member of the Euronet Plus Network. Uh, 
I have the feeling that young French people, just like other European people, by the way, are particularly concerned about climate change. Last week, for example, many young French people have followed the Fridays for Future movement and were calling for a global strike to demand climate justice for all. This movement has been very popular amongst the French youth and there are approximately 130 local branches of the Youth for Future movement in France. However, I think we should temper the idea according to which all young people are completely concerned about the effects of the climate crisis. I think we should define more precisely what we mean by the youth. For example, when talking about Gen Z, we mostly think of a certain European, highly educated part of the youth, which I don't think is everyone's case. Many young French people are facing more short-term concerns, such as inflation and precarious work. A recent poll from a French survey institute indicated that only 65% of French people consider climate change to be a global emergency. I think there's still a lot to be done in terms of green transition. If we only talk about transport, we can look at the price of train tickets, for example. Train tickets are absolutely prohibitive. As far as I'm concerned, I almost exclusively travel by plane for long distance journeys. Um, for example, the last time I went to Strasbourg, I had the choice between a 200 euro train ticket for a round trip and a 70 euro ticket by plane. So, of course, that varies from time to time, but that's what I, I see most often. I think we need real national and European policies in favour of the train and on the other hand implement concrete measures such as a stronger taxation on aviation fuels so that we can rebalance the whole system in favour of a greener mobility. We must absolutely stop this environmental dumping, if you can call it that way, which airlines put in place with such low prices. From Thomas and France back to Simona and Switzerland. Let's get to know you personally, but I'm warning you, even though you've been solving tough questions in your academical career, these tend to be quite tough. What is your favorite memory? These are the toughest ones. Yes, that's true. So I'm, I'm going back and forth between like, because we talked about like snow. So for sure, for me, snowboarding has been a big, um, big Um, big part of life and still is and in a way I was like thinking about is it is it like standing in in the starcade of the Vancouver Olympics because that that was like one like the first really big situation for me and at the same time I also just remember um, a day of snowboarding in the deepest powder snow um, in Japan so that happened also during a World Cup race But we couldn't race because it was just like dumping snow like crazy. And what happened was that all the competitors who who just let off snowboarding went out and free rided together. And just this feeling of just joy and like like playful, like a, a, just a super playful afternoon in, in the snow with all these great people was just so great <laughs> and left me so happy and also realizing that I'm in, in, in an incredibly privileged position. So I think that's for sure a very happy memory. What is your worst fear? My worst fear? Um, hmm. So <laughs> I'm, <laughs> maybe from being a professional athlete and also in, in kind of like an extreme sport where we take big jumps and all of that and fear is kind of or a part of fear is our everyday business like I kind of learned to deal with fear um but then I think my, my biggest fear is just like that something terrible happens to someone I really love in my environment so I don't know just something 
And what would be your biggest wish? My biggest wish? <laughs> oh, that's a tough one. Um, to solve this climate crisis. Thank you, Simona. In our next regular section, The Voice of Gen Z, we present different voices of young people from all over Europe. The climate crisis is hurting the society in different fields, on the fields as well. Today we are traveling to a farm in Belgium where Xavier, a young farmer, decided to take over his father's work, but only if he could stop the traditional farming approach and look for sustainable solutions. I always wanted to take over the farm, but I didn't like the way my father ran it. Well, perhaps didn't like is a bit too strong. I always said to myself that I was going to take over the farm, but I wasn't going to do it in a conventional way, because I didn't agree with the current agricultural model. I'm really a bit against the system. The problem with the current system is that you are completely dependent on agribusiness, which sets the prices, and it's always the lowest price, because they're not going to go up market, right? So you slog, you slog and you slog and you can't necessarily survive off your income. So you have to reduce your production costs, which means you don't always work in the healthiest way possible. You have to produce and produce and you become a total slave to your work. It's stressful, and I didn't want that. You'll dig your own grave if you carry on the way the farming community works now. Let's now stay a little longer in Belgium and go to Brussels to see what Horizon EU is. It's the EU's key funding program for research and innovation. It includes a budget of 95.5 billion euros aiming to tackle the climate crisis and to achieve the UN's sustainable development goals. It also identified five main missions, which are called adaptation to climate change, climate neutral and smart cities, cancer, soil deal for Europe and restore our ocean and waters. It is also a program that helped fund young researchers in Switzerland as well. Unfortunately, due to political tensions between Brussels and Bern, Swiss science won't benefit from the program anymore. Any comments, Simona? I All that I can say is it's just a pity that Switzerland hasn't managed to just establish better links with the EU to stay part of these horizon um, programs, because I think it's really crucial to stay in a connected system. And I think for us, like right now, in a year or two, like, into this situation or into this decision, we don't feel much of it yet. But I think in the long run, this is really a terrible situation that Switzerland has put itself into. So I hope we can fix this soon. Would you say that one of the solutions to the climate crisis is to make the change by ourselves on the personal level first? Well, well I think it is, in a way, I guess like... Um, the climate crisis is a global problem, but then it comes with very different local um, flavors to it. And I think we cannot, like the climate crisis or global climate change is a very big um, term, but then I think it, it it's much more personal and, and we understand what it means when we kind of know what this means for us presently. And I think in a way we need to solve this on a global scale, but we kind of need to understand what this means for us. So if we talk about, I don't know, um, I don't know, like two degrees um, warming on average on a global scale, this, this doesn't mean that 
every place is going to get two degrees warmer, but this means that maybe in the Alps, we already see much more than this. And for other countries, the, the global warming is not so essential, but then it, like climate change manifests in, in, I don't know, increasing floods. So I think having this personal connection or having this personal awareness of what global change means for every one of us um, can for sure be a strong driver in, in solving this climate crisis. Let's now talk about the young activists a little bit. How important are they? Do you have discussions about their role on the academical level as well? That's a very good question. And that's also a question that we often talk about in our group and that we young researchers are like people starting research in a, in a climate science field ask ourselves very often. And in a way, I think historically speaking, we have been taught and trained to as researchers, um, be very objective and be apolitical, so to say, because I think in the past, the credibility and objectivity of researchers maybe has not been as high if when they were activists or in very engaged in political discussions. Um, so I think people really try to stay away from political statements coming out of research. But I think this is changing, and I think this is also changing within the field of climate sciences, and especially at ETH, we see a few very strong climate scientists, like professors, um, with great careers that become more and more activists also. And I think there is even research out that kind of like proves that from the view of the general public, um, a political scientist doesn't lose much of his or her credibility um so i think this fear comes more from within the science fields because i think yeah it was really important to establish this independence from politics a long time ago but i think by now i think the public kind of wants researchers and climate scientists to be more political and to be more activist and I'm very happy <laughs> with this resonance from science because I think we're, we're, I mean, our job is to understand this climate system. So if we get a voice and if we're heard by the public, then I also think we should take advantage of this and, and speak out about what we know and help guide this discussion and, and maybe also direct steps to, yeah, whatever we think is necessary to fight against this climate crisis. Thank you, Simona. And thanks, everybody, for your attention. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and listen to what we have to say, because Europe is us. Lisboa, Brussels, Varsava.